Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. Today, Stephen Vulo will discuss gratitude and what our gratitude says about how we see God. Let's listen in. I got, I got lucky this morning because the governor said if you're the one talking, you don't have to wear a mask. So I got lucky. <laughs> um, I want to, before I start, I'm going to be talking a little bit about gratitude and is this like, is this how the lighting is normally from up here? It's so, so weird, different from the other, from our normal sanctuary. Um, sorry, it takes me a minute to, to get used to the scenario. I don't normally preach, obviously, because most of y'all probably never seen me preach, so you're already aware of that. Um, but I, I was uh, hearing Alex a few weeks ago talking about some of the prophetic words that he had been hearing and that have been getting circled around and everything. And I, and I just felt like the other day when I was uh, uh, talking to Janessa, that um, Janessa's my wife, for those that don't know, and the, uh, I felt like the Lord had a word and it was, you know, and it kind of related to what Alex was talking about, some of the words that were going on out there about you know, hunker down, start storing up your stuff, you know, get ready, things are going to get bad in November, I don't know, whatever <laughs> stuff has been going, going on out there, and I don't, the, I guess the, the, I'm not smart enough to have a word of my own, <laughs> but I just, I, I, I kind of rely on scripture, and this is when, when people ask about, you know, how, how do I know what the Lord is speaking prophetically? Um, one thing that I tell them is, I, I, I don't really know, but if you know the scripture, then God will start to reveal those things to you. And he'll, he'll show you things and he'll use scripture. Um, and God will, he's, he's faithful to do that, but if you don't know the scripture, you don't even have the vocabulary to begin to know what a prophetic word sounds like. So if you don't have scripture, if you don't know it, if you haven't read the word, then you don't, you don't have the words or the, 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 the vocabulary to even put together a coherent prophetic sentence. Does that make sense? It's like this is, the, the, this is, your, this is your alphabet, this is your dictionary, and you, you, you're not gonna know unless you know the word. So that's, that's the starting place. But anyway, the word that the Lord gave me, because I've been hearing this from family members and all sorts of people, is just this like, it sounds like a response to fear is what it sounds like. And these just, I, I, I don't believe these are words from the Lord. Uh, you know, about, you know, just, well, we're just, we're just being safe. We're just being smart. And a lot of times it can look like that. But this whole, this whole thing, it just sounds like a response to fear to what's happening in the, in the world. And, you know, God will come in and shake things. But we either trust him or we don't. And the word that the, the, the Lord gave me was from the 23rd Psalm. And it's pretty simple, and it's a word that everybody knows. And it's, you know, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Yeah. And I think we need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we're, we're so, we're, <laughs> I, I don't know, that was just something that the Lord impacted me with. It's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be afraid. And I'm also not going to go around begging for scraps from the enemy's table and, you know, live in a hole, just making the most meager. I'm, one way or another, I'm eating from the Lord's table. And it's either going to be here on earth, in the presence of everybody who would doubt, 
in the presence of everybody who's going to slander and come against the Lord, I'm either eating from the table here or I'm gonna eat from the, that table in his presence in heaven. But I'm not going to beg the enemy for scraps. I'm not gonna run and hide. Like, I'm, I'm gonna choose to eat from the Lord's table one way or another. So that, I believe, needs to be our response to the fear and all these sort of things that the world would try to push. Don't, don't buy into the fear. Your God is still your God. God is still real. He's still in control. And you can make a decision to either try to survive or you can choose to thrive by pursuing him. And you're gonna thrive one way or another. That doesn't mean that pain and hurt aren't gonna come, but you can still thrive in the midst of all those things. So don't beg the enemy for scraps. Don't listen to the world's messaging and think that you have to buy into it and then listen to every person who comes up with an idiotic prophecy that's based out of fear. Don't listen to those things. You can either trust what the word of God says or you can trust what somebody else says. But if you know the scripture for yourself, you know that we never respond to fear. You know that that's God's... If that's where it's coming from, it's not him. Don't listen to that stupidity. It's antichrist. If you're buying into a word that's birthed out of fear and you're having fear responses, it's antichrist. Don't buy into the spirit of the antichrist. That's how he's gonna invade the church. Don't listen to it. Your God is big, your God is powerful. He desires for you to thrive, not to survive. Christ didn't die and raise again so that you could survive. He did it so you could thrive. Don't believe the lies. Thrive, choose to thrive. You have to make the choice. We have to make the choice. We have to choose to thrive. Amen? Amen. All right, let's talk about gratitude. <laughs> Father, we thank you this morning for, um, for just being you. It sounds like, Father God, every time that I talk about anything or pray, Father God, it just, I can't help come back to just, I'm just grateful that you are who you are. And that everything that you said about yourself in the word is true, Father God. You've never been anything different. You've always been you. <laughs> and everything that the word says about you is true. And we're grateful for that this morning. We love you so much. Speak to us this morning, Father. I pray that I would be able to get out of the way and that whatever it is that you want to speak to us this morning, that, uh, that, that we would hear it and that we would respond to you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? All right, let's get rolling. Um, I get dinged if at any point I say attitude of gratitude. The whole goal of this message is to get through it without saying attitude of gratitude, okay? So, somebody throw something at me if I say it. I can't promise I won't accidentally say it, but I'm gonna really try hard not to, okay? Um, when this whole, when all the lockdown stuff and everything first started happening, uh, you know, it was obvious there was lots of things being churned up and turned up in all kinds of different areas. And I talked to Alex and I talked to Cheryl and I talked to just a bunch of different people and, um, you know, we'd get talking and, you, you know, people would ask like, well, what's, I don't know, what are, you, what are you getting right now? What's the, what, what sense do you have? What's the Lord saying right now? And <laughs> I mean, I, I, and I hope that this is what I default to all the time, but I was just like, I don't know, I just get this really sense that I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for everything that's happening. I'm grateful because this, this, the, this is the kind of stuff that produces something really good. Like, you know, I've, it, it's never been, you know, the, the, 
the, the really, you know, pleasant, you know, s- skip to the loo times that really produced really great fruit. That's not what I've, what I've noticed. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the turmoil. It's the hard stuff, you know, like JP talked about a couple weeks ago, no pain, no gain, right? It's, but those are the things that produce, you know, really amazing results. And I, I really believe that God is working on producing amazing results in his church, right? Like, um, and I think that we're going to see that. I think there, you know, I hope that we see unity produced from it, unity like we've never seen before. You know, there's, there's this false unity that, can, that the world tries to pursue, right? But then there's a, a real unity that Christ desires that we have. And you see it like with all the racial unrest that we saw recently, right? The world desire, desires one kind of unity, but God desires another kind of unity. And, uh, and we can take that same sort of racial unrest and we can hopefully unify ourselves as a church more in, in the diversity in the church and everything and, and, see, and see that happen there. We can take the, you know, the, the way that the world operates in economic unrest and then we can say, I, I either do trust the Lord for my provision or I don't. And we can see that the church is going to be walking to this new level and this new place of, uh, of trusting in God for provision no matter what. That it's really not based on what we have and it's not based on, like I said earlier, that, you know, like just hoping that we, that we get just enough to survive, but we can get to this new place where we see that when everything starts to fall apart, that God can still provide and he can cause us to thrive and that hopefully the church starts to move to that new place as well. And so I'm not saying that that's what those results are gonna be, but it's not hard to look and say, God, I'm grateful because maybe this is what's, what's your, the work that you're gonna do there, but maybe it's something else. And honestly, it's probably something different because it's probably better than anything that I can imagine. So it's not hard to be grateful when we see God and we trust him and you know the word and you know that he, he is who he says he is, right? So, all right, I put down a definition of gratitude, but it's kind of cyclical with thankfulness and we can ignore it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> when you start looking it up, it's like an appreciation of kindness, which is like, eh, I don't, I don't really like that definition. And then every definition that's not that is like cyclical. It's like gratitude is thankfulness. And you go to thankfulness and it's like, it means gratitude. And so you just kind of start running in circles. And so, you know, whatever. You guys know what thankfulness is and what gratitude is. So let's go to Psalm 100. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Psalm 100. I didn't mark these in my Bible so that you guys can have time to get there as I turn there. And some of y'all get there way before me and you can like, be like, yeah, I beat the preacher guy to the scripture. All right. (laughs) Um, Psalm 100. Make a, wait, let me make sure I'm not supposed to say anything before I say it. I got my notes here. Okay, yep, we're good. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. If you go to three and four again, I'm going to reiterate three and four and five. um, Am I? Nope, I'm going to reiterate four and five. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Y'all know this, right? You know the old songs, right? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. Right? Everybody knows the song, right? Do like the, the hoedown praise and worship, right? That's right. I've, 
Yeah, anyway, you sing the whole thing. I don't know. Um, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Right, this is what we're supposed to do. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name. Why? Here's what I want to get to the focus on. Why? It tells us why. And it's not like, it's not a mystery, right? It's for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. That's why we can be thankful. That's why we can have gratitude. And it has nothing to do with your individual circumstances. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the world. It has nothing to do with if you just lost a loved one. It has nothing to do if you just lost your job. It has nothing to do with the fact that maybe you just celebrated and rejoiced in the birth of a child or you just got a new job, or you just, something amazing happened, you just got engaged, you're getting married. God's, the the reason we have to be thankful and to have gratitude has nothing to do with you or anything happening in the world. And it has everything to do with him. Why are we thankful? Why are we grateful? Because God is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth, it never changes. It endures to all generations. It was the same for my grandfather. It was the same for his grandfather. It was the same for Abraham. It was the same for Noah. It was the same for Adam. The reason that they had to be grateful is the same reason I have to be grateful. I can be grateful because God is good. I can be grateful because I know what happened when Jesus came. Abraham was able to be grateful because he saw Jesus was coming right? We all have the same reason we can be grateful. And if our gratitude is tied to our individual circumstances, then we're missing it. And our gratitude is going to fluctuate. And we're not going to know the truth. There was a, um, there was a guy that uh, I met in a prison down in Mazatlan, Mexico, when I was, when I was working down there. And we were we had gone into this prison and there was a little area it, it, they looked like little like townhomes that were inside the middle of this prison i mean not townhomes like we would think of townhomes they weren't like luxury condos but they were it was like little like blo- it was like a cell block but it's like outdoors i don't know how to describe it go to mexico go to a prison if you want to get an idea um but there was you know it was an area they had like you know it was like long term you know long term uh care not long term care that's nursing homes. It was, yeah, long-term confinement, you know, the <laughs> uh, and, and, and people would get set up in there, and I guess if you're there for the rest of your life, you know, you get your, your own little room, and if you've been on good behavior, and we were there, and we were preaching to people, and talking to people, just talking to guys, and this guy came out, and he just had this big old cheesy grin on his face, and he was just so happy, and he was carrying his Bible, and he's, you know, just like, this huge smile, like I couldn't, yeah, I, I don't remember his name, um, but I'll never forget the conversation I had with him. And, and, I, and I was like, we were just talking a little bit, and I remember he told me, <coughs> I was, you know, he was like, I'm so blessed and I'm so grateful. And I was like, for, you know, and I was like, oh, why? Why are, why are you so grateful? I'm like, okay, I want to hear what, what you have to say. You're, you're in prison, and based on where you're in prison, in prison, like, you're probably going to be here a while. He's like, He's like, I'm, I'm so grateful because in here, I'm free. And I was like, okay, so, you know, t- tell me more. What, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? He's like, 
Well, when I was on the, you know, when I was on the outside, I was, I was such a slave to my passions. And I, I murdered my, my, I think he, it was his, either his like sister and brother-in-law or his brother and sister-in-law, something like that. He had murdered these two people and he was in jail for the rest of his life. And he's like, I was, I was a slave to my passions out there. Like I, I, you know, I was able to d- do whatever I want and I was just a violent, angry person. And he said, but in here I found Jesus and I'm gonna be here the rest of my life, but I'm free. And, he, and he's like, and I'm so grateful. And it makes sense, right, logically. Like when, you, when he says it like that, it's like you hear it and you understand it in your head, but it was, it was impactful. I never forgot it because he didn't seem like he was, he was lying, right? It wasn't, he, he wasn't uh, making himself believe something. Does that make sense? You know, we can like tell ourselves something. You know, it's like, no, Lord, I am so grateful for my child who just acted like a fool. So grateful, Lord, like you're convincing yourself, right? Like, and I'm not saying there's not like validity <laughs> to some of those things, right? I was, <laughs> never mind, I'm not gonna tell that story. Um, but the, uh, but like this was somebody who was genuinely, genuinely grateful. He was in prison for the rest of his life, but he was grateful because he knew that while he was, he was in there, like there was, there was some outside controlling, you know, forces that were controlling him and, you know, that were limiting his ability to cause harm, right? But mainly, it was because he found freedom in the Lord while he was in there. And he was like, I'll spend the rest of my life in here, but I know where I'm going afterwards. And he, he understood what his eternity was and that he was really free in there. And he was grateful. He said he was grateful. And it was, it was amazing. And that's, that's a perspective, right? That's a perspective that understands who God is. And he understood who he was in relationship to God, right? Because he knew where he was going. Um, you see, per, it's, it's easy to be grateful for things that are nice, right? It's easy to be grateful for the happy things and the good things. It's not as easy to be grateful for the hard things and for the painful things. Um, it's, it, it's just not, but it reminds me of like when I, t- when I talked to my son, Philip, and you know, uh, there's sometimes if he starts to get a bad attitude, I was like, all right, you got to tell me 10 things you're grateful for. What are you, what are you grateful for? Since apparently you're not grateful for so many things because your life is so hard right now. Now we're going to talk about the things that you're grateful for. And you know, and it's like, it it usually starts out with, well, I'm grateful for Minecraft, my video game. And I'm grateful, JP knows all about the Minecraft. Philip was out there explaining to JP all, all about Minecraft a couple weeks ago. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's, and it's little saccharine things like that, right? Like he's grateful for, all, and then it's like, well, are you grateful for your brothers? Yes, I'm grateful for baby Isaac, because he's so cute. Well, are you grateful for your middle brother, Michael, the two-year-old? He's like, I think I'll be more grateful for him when he's three. <laughs> when... <laughs> Okay, I'll take it. And he's like, but, but you love your brother. Yes, I love him. But he just really gets on my nerves sometimes. I know, I understand. But you, you know what I mean? It's like, that's it. But like, as we grow, right? Just like kids grow, as we grow, I, I hope that our understanding of the Lord grows so that we can be grateful for, for the difficult things as well because we understand like what Paul talked about. We understand the fruit that's produced by that. We understand that usually the really good things, the best things that make us more like Christ are, are a result of like suffering and pain. And 
That's, that's what produce, you know, that's what makes us more like him, right? G, Paul talks about, I want to be like him. I want to, you know, I want to know him in his suffering. And it makes us more like him. And that's a more mature view of it. If we go to Ecclesiastes, how many of you guys love Ecclesiastes? I love Ecclesiastes. All right, we got one that loves Ecclesiastes. That's awesome. Ecclesiastes, we got more over here. I saw it. Good deal. I love Ecclesiastes. I used to make fun of Ecclesiastes all the time because I figured Ecclesiastes was just a result of God showing us what happens if you get like, if you go crazy because you've had so many wives that now you got syphilis and you start to go nuts, right? And so this is just the rantings of a madman. Um, But (laughs) I no longer think that. I I was an idiot. I still am an idiot. But uh, I I, I really feel like the Lord's given me some revelation about the book of Ecclesiastes. And, um, and and, And now I feel so stupid because I'm like, well, who I'm, <laughs> I went around for so long thinking that I was smarter than the smartest guy who ever lived, right? You read Ecclesiastes, it's like, God, this was the most wise man to ever walk the face of the earth, and I just assumed I knew more than him because it didn't make sense to me when I read it, right? If it doesn't make sense to me when I read it, that means there's something wrong with me, right? Not, <laughs> not wrong with Sol- Solomon, who was inspired by God to, to write the book, and you have to take the book as a whole. If you sit down and you want to read three verses of Ecclesiastes, it's not going to do you much good. You need to sit down and read, read the whole thing because you need to understand what he's building towards. Um, all that being said, I love the book. It's amazing. And uh, it really gets to the point. And we're going to start at chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Um, it says, Consider the work of God, for who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. Looking at prosperity and adversity to try to figure out what's going to happen or what God's plan is doesn't work. And this is what he lays out here. We can't look at our own prosperity or the world's prosperity or our own adversity or the world's adversity to, to, to think that we can use that to know what's going to happen in the future. It's for ourselves or for the, or for the world, right? We can, we can be mindful, we can look at things, you know, we, we're not supposed to ignore the things that we see around us. You know, uh, what is it in Revelations, it talks about, you know, to, to be mindful of the signs of the times, right? We, we, wanna, we wanna pay attention to things not keep our heads in the sand, but if you think you can use those things to predict what's going to happen next, you're mistaken. And the, but even this portion here, adversity and prosperity, God has ordained all these different things. And who are we to think that we can make straight what God has made crooked, right? It's not ours to decide. Again, I'm building, I'm, I'm building a platform here for like all the things that we have to be grateful for and that it's not about what we can tell and what we can determine, but it's about God, right? So now we're going to go from 7, 13, and 14, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, because this is where he sums it up, chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. And again, I'm just wetting your whistle here for Ecclesiastes. Go home and read it. It really is fantastic. 13 and 14, uh, chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. All right, this is it. This is what it all boils down to. Everything 
that Solomon got done writing here, this is, what, this, is, this is what it points to. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. God's in charge. Fear God, keep his commandments. And if you think that Jesus' work in his ministry was anything different than that, then you need to go back and reread everything Jesus said and everything Jesus did. Because Jesus' whole purpose was to point to the Father. He pointed us to the Father. He redeemed us to the Father. Right? Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just putting that in there as a disclaimer to where we're, we're, not, we're not ignoring Jesus, right? By, by focusing on fear God and keep his commandments, this is man's all, and, and understanding God's sovereignty here, God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Like, you think Jesus didn't understand that, right? What's, what are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like, that is what being like God looks like. These are the two greatest commandments. So, all this is pointing to God's sovereignty, right? God is good, his mercy endures forever, his truth endures to all generations. Good and bad, all these things, right? And so this is what we can build towards to helping us understand what we have to be grateful for. Hold on, I need to pull my phone out so I know what time it is. It's only 10 o'clock, praise the Lord. All right, <laughs> the, um, we have... Uh, Oh, and then I lost my place. Um, so all these things that we have to be grateful for, the good and the bad, right? The, 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 the sweet and the salty, all, all this stuff, it, it forms a, you know, a complete palette. But the whole basis of it isn't finding individual things to be grateful for. It's just understanding that God is who he says he is, right? This isn't, this isn't complicated. It's not like forcing yourself into believing different things. It's just if we have a right understanding of who God the Father is, then these things are the natural outpouring of it. So here's where it gets fun, right? Like we, and there's, there's some rabbit trails I don't think I'll chase today, but what, what are we, are we, are we saying, are we expressing out loud what we're grateful for? Because I think that's important. And, you know, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? We, we all agree on that. I hope you agree because it's in there. So um, don't raise your hand if you disagree. Uh, the, <laughs> the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And we have, it, it, it's interesting to think about, right? I think that we as humans take for granted the the power of the communication that God has given us versus like what other creatures are capable of, right? Like we think, for a long time I was, I was very, and I still am, I still have an issue with some aspects of it and some things that I, that I heard because I grew up in, uh, in Assemblies of God Church and, and I loved it and it was, I mean, it's, it, 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 it tethered me to the Lord and gave me an amazing foundation and, and it was awesome. And then I went to Mexico and everything that I was exposed to down there while I was living and working down there was way more charismatic than even the Assemblies of God church that I had grown up in. And I saw like, you know, whereas I was able to see some of the um, downfalls of the conservatism of the, the quote unquote conservatism of the Assemblies of God church, it was conservative compared to some of the charismatic stuff that I saw down in Mexico and people I was exposed to down there. Um, 
it was a it was amazing to have that opportunity to see all the sides of it but like i just remember i felt like everybody was talking about words like they were magic spells right and it really bothered me to that like it, you know our words aren't aren't magic spells we're not going around saying incantations and it was like you know like you know trapping and canceling and you know re all, it, it was just it, i don't know it just struck me as being weird but the problem was i started to throw out the baby with the bathwater right like the, the idea that our words do have power with it. And if, and if you think about it, like, it, we take for granted the fact that, um, you know, I don't know, Alex, can you stand up for a second? Please? Like, why, why did Alex just stand up? Because I, I asked him to, right? I, I used my words. Now, we could say that words aren't magic spells, right? But I said a certain set of words, and Alex stood up. Now that has to do with a lot more things. It has to do with relationship. It has to do with, um, you know, positioning and everything like that. But ultimately, I said a set of words and a result happened, right? Like, it's, it, it, it's not about magic spells or anything like that, but what I'm trying to get, the point that I'm, you can sit back down. Say, look at that, another magic spell. I, Alex just sat back down. <laughs> but but um, the, the point that I'm trying to get across is that our words do have power right? Our words accomplish things, right? If I tell my son to do something, he, he does it. Um, or he understands that consequences come if, if he doesn't do it. And when, I, when my son is confused about something, he asks me and he gets an explanation about things, right? Like we grow in knowledge and, and activity is dictated by and it's communicated through words, right? And like we take for granted, and, and I had the ability to like stupidly walk around and just say, I believe that words have power, but the way this is being, you know, is being gone about is just totally off the wall, and so I'm just going to ignore all of it. And I could do that because I grew up speaking as long as I can remember, and so I take for granted just the power of the, this ability of communication that God has given us, right? We as humans take for granted the ability to communicate through words, and I think that's part of why it, it seems to get lessened so much is, you know, and was easy for me to, to downgrade the, the power of what I said was because I was just taking it for granted. I had always communicated, and so I took for granted, you know, the, the, the power that my words had. Now, where I'm going with this now is I'm not gonna, like, get into, like, details about all this stuff, and you could get a philologist in here and a linguist, and we could probably have some really interesting conversations and go in depth about the nature of language and all that stuff, and I would love it, and uh, you know, C.S. Lewis was a, you know, he studied a lot of language. If you read any of his stuff, he's got some amazing insights just about the nature of language. I encourage you to do that. That's not what we're doing today. Today we're talking about gratitude. And the point that I'm driving with this is that we need to say what we're grateful for out loud, right? We need to be willing to step in and say, Lord, I'm grateful for this. Lord, I'm grateful for this. And even if we don't feel it, stepping in and saying it. And here's the reason why, okay? It's not about fake it till you make it. Right, like there's, I, I, you know, we all hear about the thing. Well, you just gotta fake it till you make it, cause, cause one day, you know, you, you'll you'll get there or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Here's what I really think it is, and what I think the Lord showed me. It's like you're gonna say it out loud, because what you're saying out loud is in alignment with the truth that God has, ha has brought. Right? If when we're when we're when we're expressing gratitude, if we're telling God th that we're thankful, I don't care if it is the saccharine little sweet thing. I don't care if you have to start with. God, I'm thankful for Minecraft because it's cool and fun. Like, if that's your starting point, start at that point, okay? 
but say it out loud. And the reason why is because we have opened ourselves up to so much ridiculous, stupid, evil messaging from the world, and we hear those messages. They're not always untrue, right? But they don't align with who God is. And that's, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with understanding news or whatever, but like if we're focused on taking in all this information from the world, then the messaging that we're getting is from the world. That's what we're opening ourselves up to. And it can start to take us into a dark place and we start to focus on it and we start to think that, you know, oh, you know, oh my goodness, I need to do this and here's all these things that, is, that are happening and then we're going back and we're trying to reinterpret the scripture based on the fear that we're getting from the world and the messaging that we're getting from the world. And what we need to do is we need to start saying out loud the things that we're grateful for because they remind us of who God is and they tell us that we understand God is still in control and you need to keep saying it, keep saying, Lord, I'm grateful for this. Lord, I'm grateful for this. And your maturity will grow and that'll continue to develop until you're telling God the things that you're grateful for that include the painful things, that include all these things because eventually what'll happen is that messaging from God and you saying those things out loud, it'll start to drown out those evil voices, those evil forces, those worldly voices. I'm not even gonna say evil. I'll just say the worldly influences that'll wanna speak to you that have been classified Routing out your ability to see God for who he really is. If we come, we'll come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. If we'll start to say those things, we can enter in to understand into God's presence and we'll begin to see him more and more for who he really is. So we start to tell God out loud, thank you for things, right? Don't say, you know, if, if you feel like it's fake until you make it, oh, okay, whatever floats your boat. But what you're really doing is you're reminding yourself who God is and what you have to be grateful for. That, you know, you can spend all your time listening to the voices that tell you all the reasons you have to fear and all the things that you have to be depressed about and all the things that you have to be sad about. Or you can start saying out loud the things that you're grateful for. And it doesn't mean that there's not like reality of all those things that are happening. But what it is doing is you're giving God's voice presence in your life over the world's voice. And that's where we need to be, to where we're giving God the precedent. We're giving God the first and foremost place in our life for him to speak first, right? I can know what's going on in the world and it's all passing through God's filter so that by the time it gets to me, God's just saying, I've prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You don't need to hear anything else other than I got you. And you're going to prosper, either on earth or with me, but you're not gonna beg. You're not gonna beg the world for anything. That's, and if we'll just keep telling the Lord that we're grateful, if we'll just keep expressing gratitude, God, I'm thankful that I have a house that I can live in. I'm grateful that I have too much food to eat and that my problem is eating too much. <laughs> God, I'm grateful that you're in control. God, I'm, 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 I'm grateful that I lost my job. God, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I lost my loved one. And I don't know why or how that fits into your plan and it shouldn't make me, it doesn't make me happy, but I'm grateful because I know who you are, right? Do we understand, do we know who God is? Do we, do, do we trust? Is our gratitude tied to our experience? We can't let it be. Our gratitude needs to be tied to who God is. And we need to keep saying it out loud until who God is actually becomes real. And I promise you, if you'll start saying it, start speaking it, that message will become more and more real and you'll start to move 
into his presence. It's not that you're saying things that aren't true. You're saying things that are true. And who God is, you'll become more and more awakened to the reality of who God is. Let's go to, it's all about mindset, right? Let's go to Philippians chapter four. Verses four through nine. This is one of my favorite things that I like to pray with people is, um, and if you ever come up here for prayer, usually what I, 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 I won't say usually, but a lot of times what I'll, what I'll do is I'll have people start telling God what they're grateful for. And it's because, you know, and it's because of this verse, right, uh, in, in Philippians here. See, I always get in here and I gotta remember God's electric power company, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. A little trick for those of y'all that don't know it, okay? You don't get lost in that little section of letters. Um, All right, four through nine. Chapter four, four through nine. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, okay, with, with thanksgiving. He makes, he takes the time to say that. If it's written there, there's a reason, right? Prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I would usually stop there with the verse when I was telling somebody about it, but I want to go on here, because it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. So he talks about how do we pray to God with, you know, with, with our prayers and supplications, with thanksgiving, and God will give you that peace that passes all understanding. But what Paul is doing here is he's creating a mindset, right? Like the, the church in Philippi can focus on the negative and the bad things that are happening around them. But what Paul is saying is, here's how you bring these requests. Like you're worried about some stuff, right? Here's, here's how you're gonna approach it. Take these things before God. These prayers, make your, make your prayers known to him with thanksgiving. Thank God for whatever comes to mind, but most of all, just thank him because he is who he is and that he's, he's in control and that we're serving him and that we are his children and we're a relationship to him. And he says, and God will give you peace that passes understanding. And now focus on these things, right? There's, Paul understands that there's all these other voices and there's all these other things that we can pay attention to, but he says, whatever is, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. All the good stuff, focus on that stuff. Okay, there's, you know, a pandemic going on. That's great, you understand it, cool. Log it in the bank. What's good? Who is God? Now start thinking about who God is because you know who's just and who's noble and who's lovely and who's praiseworthy? Jesus. Start thinking about him. Start thinking about whatever things look like God, okay? We, you, you understand the, ca- the case, you know, the state of the world, you live in the world, but now Paul is saying, focus on these things. Here's where you need to be influenced. Here's what needs to influence your mindset. 
And with thanksgiving, start expressing those things with thanksgiving. And listen, as we'll do that, if we'll take this message to heart, if we'll turn off social media, if we'll turn off cable news, if we'll turn off the televisions, and we'll start paying more attention to God, if we'll start saying out loud what we're grateful for, if we'll start letting his message take control, I promise you guys, you'll feel so much better right? We'll all feel so much better and we'll do so much better and we'll stop looking like the world because the world is a mess right now and the church needs to look like Jesus. The church needs to have their act together and we can have our act together because who do we serve? A God who, whose love endures forever, whose mercy is everlasting, whose truth has never changed. That's who we serve and that's who we can look like. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up we're going to put into practice here for a minute. All right, we're going to start, and I'm just letting you know, we're going to say out loud some things that we're grateful for, okay? And, and the more that you're, if you're somebody who's really into social media, you need to say it twice as loud, okay? Because <laughs> you need the message to, you, you need this message. You need to, to remember what you're grateful for and who, who God is, right? We, we, we need this. It's not hard for the world's message to get, to get through to us, right? Don't, don't feel condemned, but feel compelled to action, an action to express gratitude because it helps us understand who God is. Our gratitude is an expression of an understanding of and trust in God that has radically changed our perspective to align with his. I want to see things the way God sees them, and I want to always remember who he is. So now, let's take a minute and just start telling God the things that you're grateful for. And uh, yeah, we, can you cut me down so that we can all, I don't want to be the prevailing voice here, but let's all just start, um, let's just start telling God thank you. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you first and foremost, Father God, that you've saved us, Father God, Lord, that we have relationship with you, that, we, that you have brought salvation, Father God, and we can walk in fullness of relationship with you. We're grateful to you, Father God. We love you, Father. You are holy and you are worthy, Father God. And we're grateful, Father, for everything that's happened in my life, Father. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my wife and for my children, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the struggles that have come, Father God, for the, for the, for the pain that has been there, Father. And I thankful, I'm grateful, Lord, that it has made me more like you. I thank you, Father God, that even in, in times of great turmoil, Father God, that you are still in control. Father God, and I won't question because you, Father God, have made the crooked paths crooked and the straight paths straight, Father God. I can't change it, so I trust you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. You are holy, God. We, we are so grateful, Father God, for every move of your spirit, every work of your hand, everything, Father God, good and bad, painful and easy, Father God, that's made us look more like you. We're grateful for it, Father God. We're grateful that you're in charge, Lord. We are grateful that you are good, that your mercy is everlasting, Father God, and that your truth endures to all generations. We're grateful, Father God. We thank you, Lord. Father God, we just thank you this morning. Father God, help us to always remember, as soon as those thoughts start coming in, as soon as we start feeling depressed or anxious or whatever, as soon as the world's influence starts to take, starts to get us in its grip, help us remember, Father God, to come to you with gratitude, grateful for who you are. Help our perspective change and align with, who, with you, Father God to be in alignment with who you are and what you're doing. Your spirit is at work in the earth. 
you're bringing about change. You're working on people's hearts. You're unifying the church. You're bringing provision, Father God. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are Jehovah Nisi, the banner that we walk behind. And we'll eat at your table, Father God, one way or the other, either here on earth that you've prepared for us or the one that you've prepared in heaven. We're grateful to you, Father. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.